Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the best podcast in our opinion. Anyway, obviously, here we are, guys. It's been a little while, I know. Uh, like I said, we tried to do this weekly. So far, we've kept that promise to most, the most point, I would say. Um, but obviously, we had some um, circumstances happen last week, so obviously, we were kind of waiting for the return of the king, and... Returned he has. Welcome back to the podcast, King Shark Nanawe, big and tasty, big sexy himself. July, he's back, baby. Yeah, uh, back with the living, I should say. <laughs> uh, it was questionable for a little while there, um, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you know we're back to trying to get to that usual routine and rhythm. Of course, of course, and obviously, you know, last week when we we you had Nick on, and um, thank you guys for the support. I mean, we've. Like consistently viewership, we've doubled in the last month. So, to anyone out there that keeps watching us and rocking with us, we appreciate y'all. Y'all don't even know. Um, I did make a YouTube channel. I have to convert all our files to a different format, and then I can upload them. And obviously, they'll be the same podcast here. But that channel is more of kind of like a um, layaway for later, for when we actually have like um, video. We have whatever you know down the line. But it's definitely it's an investment we're gonna work on and work into. And you can actually comment there. So if you really have a comment about a specific episode that you liked, or if you have something to tell us how much we fucking suck at this, do ahead and leave it there. We'll, we'll respond to you, I promise. But um, back to the um, lecture at hand. I'm wearing a suit dog hoodie. I had, I had to do that. I thought that oh, okay, um, that's fine. <laughs> You're doing your thing. <laughs> um, July is back, and so I want to let him kind of explain what was happening. And obviously, it's, it might be a little bit long, but that's okay. We have we have some time here, so go ahead, my man. Explain what's been going on, why you were gone, and kind of where your headspace is at right now, my boy. Um, yeah. So, I we left off with me like you know, just getting on that grind in school because I was doing like some finals that I had coming up for some of my classes, and then literally like right after that, um, I got sepsis. And it was literally came down to like, I didn't know I had sep- like sepsis, like a uh, sepsis for those of you that don't know, is like a blood infection. It's like a near death type of shit at that point. Cause it's that severe. But w- what happened was like, a, it, it, what we didn't know at first was it was appendicitis. Right. But they found the sepsis first, then the appendicitis. So I had a lot of, like, abdominal pain, and I thought it was just, like, either, like, a stomach bug or something, you know, because it is flu season, and I hadn't gotten my my shot. So I stayed at home for a day while my family was out, and I was just... It was, like, peaks and, va- uh, peaks and valleys, you know? Like, I'd feel good for, like, an hour or two, and then, it would, like, it would come right back. And then but by the time my family got home in the evening... Um, I I just was like felt like crappy but I didn't feel like I'm dying, you know? Which apparently the doctors were p- pretty surprised about because yeah, I had a fever of like 105, like almost 106 and like a couple degrees more and I would have started like losing brain cells. Um and that's usually like the point where like we called like my my um my mom and my sister called for the ambulance, you know, to come pick me up and uh, yeah, I was, like, it was a really, like, frantic moment because it all came, it all happened so fast, like, in the, in the span of, like, an hour or two, 
Like, I went from, like, my stomach hurts to, like, I can't move my body because I'm, like, I am shaking so hard that, like, my muscles are spasming. Like, I'm starting to realize that I can't breathe on my own because, like, I can feel my lungs, like, start to, like, hyperventilate, you know, where it's, like, I feel short sh- short of breath. And it's just, I, f- I felt like I was freezing, dude. Like, I felt like I was, like, in a, like, a walk-in freezer, just, like, you know, wet. That's what I felt like. But, and it was because I was so, like, the amount of sweat and the fever, you know, that it was just messing up, like, my perception. And I remember just, like, feeling that, that moment, that feeling of freezing, and that was what was hurting, because I was, like, my teeth were chattering and that's what was keeping me from breathing was that feeling man and then the the, well, the time the hospital like the emts came by in the hospital uh sorry not hospital ambulance like yeah they had to like get me strapped up to like the ekg and everything because like i guess my heart rhythm was like off like track and everything and like i there was like some projectile vomiting as i was trying to get like put into the gurney dude it was like a complete mess like my sister like sh- like she looked panicked just looking at me and she told me that it looked like like a scene of like the exorcism you know like that's like if if, that, if for those of you that can imagine what that looks like just somebody having like an out of body experience and like yeah i got rushed to the hospital and i've like i had already had covid so that was a big worry you know i had i was I am vaccinated, like, I have both, like, of my, um, shots for the Moderna, and for, for, because all of those symptoms felt like COVID symptoms, that's what they went with when I got to the ER, you know, even though it was highly unlikely for me to get it, and they even, like, I remember after the main focus on them was they wanted to bring my fever down, and it took hours, I want to say it was, like, I got there, like, 11.30, almost midnight, and it wasn't until, like, 10 or 11 a.m., like, almost 12 hours, dude, for my freaking fever to break. Like, and that was them giving me, like, the meds on the IV that were, like, made designed, you know, to help regulate your body temp and whatnot. I had, like, ice packs in between, like, my armpits, like, on my neck, like, in between my groin, trying to drop my body temp. Jesus. And I remember it felt like shit because... The moment I got to the hospital, I realized, I was like, fuck, I threw up everything I had in my stomach. So my stomach was empty. And I just, it was like 12 or 13 hours that I went without water, dude. And that feeling of, I hate, that's why I hate going to the hospital. Because I don't hate the pain. I don't hate the needles. Like, whatever, you know, they're going to do to you, I'm okay with. Because you're there, you get better. That's my whole mindset. But, like, the fact that when they restrict you water, dude, like, I hate having, like, a dry mouth. And it just, I remember just it feeling like fucking, like, sand, dude. Because you get dehydrated with the fever, you know, with all the sweat and everything. Yeah. And, like, I remember complaining, like, hey, like, I feel dehydrated as shit. Like, I can't even produce saliva anymore. Like, you know, like, all I taste is the grit in my mouth. And they hadn't even started me on an IV drip then. So I wasn't getting any fluids for, like, the first, like, four or five hours I was in the ER. Because they were just, like, on standby, you know, waiting to get the blood cultures back and whatnot. And the next morning, they moved me to, like, a COVID ward because they thought it was, like, a breakthrough case of COVID. Because even the doctor said that, like, if my cultures had come back positive, I would have only been the second patient he's ever had that has been, like, had COVID, was vaccinated, and got COVID again. 
that's like because he, he's like telling me it's really unlikely so i told him i was like i don't feel like i have covid because i like i remember how shitty of an experience covid was we've talked about this on an episode you know like i almost yeah. died i almost died from covid and i was like this doesn't feel the same um like all the shit that was going on like i was like i i know some of the symptoms are similar but it doesn't feel nearly the same as covid and i kept telling a different him that. monster yeah dude and i was like i just feel weak like i remember telling them like my fucking like bones hurt you know like everything uh and uh sure enough they keep the the number one thing was like okay we don't know what's wrong with you it's like the 14 15 hours went by covid's negative we're switching you to a different ward and he's like we're gonna do more blood tests because that's the only way we're gonna find out (laughs) what the hell's wrong with you so like I can't, right now you can't even see it anymore, but, like, all this was, like, bruised, dude. Like, all of my, you know where they take the IVs from? Like, the inside of your elbow? My, the backside of my palms, right here above my knuckles and everything on both sides? For the next, like, four and a half days, like, from the the, the little time I had left at Yuma before I got transferred to, to Banner Medical in Phoenix, um, they were just... So how did that work? So, this is what happened, dude. The doctor's like, he finds out it's an infection, right? He's like, okay, so you have sepsis. He's like, a normal case, it would just be like, you know, antibiotics. Because it's like, usually like, sepsis occurs with when one bacteria, like, gets and finds its way into the blood. He's like, but in your case, you have three. And he like, names them off, right? And it's like some scientific name, Latin name or whatever. There's like three different bacteria. And I'm like, okay. And then the doctor just tells me, dude, he's like, I'm being 100% honest with you. I am putting in a request for you to be transferred to Phoenix because this is out of my expertise and they have an infectious disease team in Phoenix that will be able to, like, treat you a lot, like, better than I will. And that's when I kind of, like, it hit me a little bit, you know, that, like, oh, shit, okay, I'm not going home. It's not like a, like, one, two days and, like, you go back home, you know, with, like, medication. It's like, this is serious. And, uh, yeah, sa- Saturday, I get, I get told that I'm being transferred. I leave, like, right before noon, like, at 11. And we get there, like, at 3. So did you go in your own car? Or no, did they, did they ambulance uh, you? So at first they were talking about, like, a possible, like, um, like, airlift. But once they were like, okay, well, you're kind of in a stable position. We're just going to get an ambulance. So we had to wait for an ambulance. And then, yeah, it was like four hours, dude, in ambulance to get from Yuma to Phoenix. Yeah, because we left at 11 and we got there like at 3 because of traffic. And then it was like the state fair was going on in, in Phoenix. So there was like a bunch of traffic like right next to the hospital. Like I remember that. Like we um, we get there and then they're like, okay, more blood. We're going to redo like the CT scan. And that's another thing. I'm allergic to, like, the the IV contrast, like, the iodine thing that they inject into you. Oh, so that, that's right. So, so, that they, so that they can get, like, a clear picture. So every time I get, like, um, like screened like that with a CT scan, they, they, can't, they can't give me that. So all of my imaging always comes out, like, a little blurry, you know? But somehow, I don't know if it's just they have better machines, you know? Or whatnot, but they realized that, like, okay, the doctors at Yuma said that there was a slight inflammation in my appendix. But when they saw it in Phoenix, the surgeons were immediately like, 
No, this is like, this is like textbook appendicitis. Like, so that same, within 24 hours, they got me into like an, an operating room and I had my appendectomy and they told me that I had, um, it was about to become perforated. So it was about to burst because at this point it had been like three days, right? Since I went to the hospital, like with the pains and stuff. So, so they told me I was like really lucky. Well, I kind of wasn't lucky because they said that they hadn't ever really seen anybody that got the sepsis and it didn't burst because usually sepsis occurs when it bursts because all the bacteria goes into like everywhere, you know, all the crevices in your throat, surrounding yeah. your organs. So they're like, so the fact that they're saying is that it could have burst, but instead of bursting, it like released all that pressure into the, the, the colon, which is where it's attached to the appendix. Yeah. And that's, and that's where all that nasty bacteria went from the colon into my bloodstream. So I actually got like, it was just as bad as it bursting. Um, and everybody was just like surprised, you know, like a lot of the surgeons and everything, the infectious disease doctor came to talk to me, like everybody, like I had like, I want to say like seven or eight doctors in like the, like two and a half days that I was at Phoenix, like come talk to me, you know, and everybody's telling me like how they're, how they're going about treatment. I was on antibiotics from like the moment. They found out it was sepsis, so, like, Friday to, like, uh, Tuesday, you know, and I was, it was, like, around the clock, like, every, the, the, I remember the bags would last four hours, and every four hours they'd come in and put a new one, and they were just flushing my system, and then, and then that's why they had to keep taking blood, blood draw, like, blood drawns, and they weren't taking, like, vials, dude, they were taking, like, the little mini, like, wine bottles of blood, like, that's the only way I can describe it, because, you know, the little test tubes are like the normal ones but for me yeah for me it was like the little mini wine bottles dude that they were Jesus filling Christ. and like at one point i got really lightheaded after sur was it surgery i want to say it was after surgery because it was after surgery i hadn't eaten since breakfast which was like 6 a.m you know and then wh when i was going to eat lunch the surgeon came in and took my tray away because he told me he's like you're going to surgery so you can't have nothing you know, starting at that time. And it was like, and it was 12 hours later when I got out, I think. It was like 6 p.m. when I got out. But then I had to be on on observation for four hours for post-op. So it was like 10 p.m. You know, I almost went like the whole like uh, 24 hours without eating. <laughs> and uh, I remember that like that they came and they drew blood, dude. And after that, after surgery, when they drew more blood... I felt like I was gonna pass out because I was already like like low blood sugar, you know, like low you're, like you're borderline. Yeah, I was already like weak from the surgery and everything, and that's when like I remember it was like eleven, dude, and everything's closed, the cafeteria and everything's closed, and the fucking the nurses are like, we need to get you're okay to eat now, but everything's closed, so we're gonna see what we can find. And the nurse comes back with like a sandwich, like a bag of Doritos and a Coke. And like, here, you need some sugar in your blood. <laughs> and at first, like I hadn't had like I hadn't had Coca Cola or chips in like months because I was like already trying to take care of like my blood pressure problems. You know how like we mentioned yeah. before. So I didn't even think about it because I was just hungry, you know, and I just like like oh, it looks so good. Yeah, so like I, I like I ate everything, and sure enough, like the next day, like. 
the caffeine from the soda and the fucking sodium from the little bag of Doritos, dude. My fucking blood pressure. Because I was good on blood pressure. The whole time I was in the hospital up until after surgery, it shot up. I don't know what happened after surgery, dude. But, like, we had to, like, make sure my blood pressure was, like, within normal, you know? And I don't know if it was just that. Was it the chips and the fucking Coke that, like, you know? But it was was rough, dude. I, I remember. I didn't really feel sore. Like, everybody was, like, surprised at how good my pain management was. Because, like, I got off with the surgery, like, you know, the I woke up, and then they, they obviously, they, like, wheeled me to, like, my room. But then they are like, do you need us to, like, to, like, just, you know, like, line the beds up? And I was like, no, I can walk, and whatever. And they're like, are you sure? And I remember I just took the step off the fucking gurney. And, like, I wobbled over to the bed, and I just sat down. And they are just, like, surprised, you know? Because a yeah. lot of nurses say that, like, it's really painful with, with that with appendicitis and everything. Yeah, I hear that. But I was, my, my dad, my dad had appendicitis, but I was able to do it well, you know, thankfully. And yeah, after surgery, they were just twenty four hours. After the four hours of post op, then it was a twenty four hour observation period to see that the that the the bacteria wasn't growing in the blood, you know, to see if it worked, if the append if the appendix was a source of the infirm- uh, of the infection. So that was a big concern of theirs, that if it wasn't, then they'd have to, go like, go back in or, like, you know, find out, do something to find where else it was. But once those blood blood cultures came back clean, then that's when they were like, okay, well, well any day now we should be able to discharge you, you know? Um, wow. There was a lot of... They were, like, really worried about, like, like bowel movements and stuff afterwards. You know, because I guess that can cause some issues sometimes when you get your appendix removed. And it did. It took, like, fucking, like, a day for me to, like, move my bowels. <laughs> but, like, shit. Yeah. Sheesh. And that was probably, like, the tiniest shit I've ever taken, like, in my life as a grown-ass man. Like, but they were, like, that was it. Like, I, I guess that's one of the things before you get to go home is you have to, like, pass. Like, you know, you have to you have to poop. Um, yeah, they got a cockadoogie. Yeah. Um, like... I feel that. Like, I know... I, I can't... I wish we guessed it. I just... I can't fucking remember we talked about this before, but I'm sure we have touched on it. Like, when I got surgery, I had the same kind of issues. I didn't have um, appendicitis, but I did have um, two cysts in my spleen. So, like, same kind of pain, right? Like, abdomen, like... Yeah. I was having trouble breathing. And I remember when I got my surgery... Um, and you had a catheter. They didn't like, even... Uh, first of all, those bastards didn't even count me down, first of all. They just fucking i just remember seeing they're like oh yeah by the way we're gonna have students watching the surgery today and of course i'm butt-ass naked and I, this is gonna sound bad the way i do this but it's the only way i remember it because of how drugged up i was before they like didn't tell me the lights were gonna go out and it was this dude from it was an african student from who's from africa because i could tell because he's like today we're going to watch your surgery and i was like cool like i'm glad no one fucking told me this before i was get butt-ass naked and like that's all i remember and then gone i was out and then i woke up yeah. and i just felt an immediate pain in uh my no-no square and i didn't realize that they put a catheter in until she ripped it out she's like oh yeah, you're no. gonna go you're gonna get, you're gonna get to go home now like oh home was like the the uh it was like a suite hotel like in the parking yeah. lot so that's where i yeah. was like staying at which, which and here's like a here's like a whoosh, and i was like oh like i felt that so it's like oh it hurts no, so I bad have, i was very um 
like uh independent i guess is what they were saying that the nurses were calling me because i was able to like move around on my own and stuff like i didn't need to be assisted for everything and uh yeah i didn't get a catheter i i was surprised at that i didn't even get stitches like it's the fucking super glue yeah you know i got glued too like that was you got, elabor- you got laparoscopic that's why that was like crazy, shocking huh? to me dude i was like i looked at it and i was like what the fuck this is like some yeah, next level because they, they don't have to they don't have to um cut you open all the way anymore yeah and they were concerned about it because they were like yeah for you she's like sometimes we have to do it the old way if it's too inflamed because if they try and put it through like the small opening like that yeah. pressure that pressure along like the the like the circumference of it could burst it like mid extraction so yeah, like the that, surgeon yeah. was like yeah like it's all gonna determine like what happens when we put the camera in he's like because they always put the camera in to see what they're working with and then they're yeah. like then then they do the big the bigger insertion because i do have it like it's like five or six centimeters so it's like it's like that yeah see, about, like, i have three little like 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 one inch spots on my yeah mine's slight i want to say mine's larger than an inch it's probably like two inches the one under my belly my belly button nice but it's not painful like i know i can't do anything because they told me like to treat it like a hernia basically because if you try and like lift anything too heavy like you could literally split it and it's not just the yeah i was gonna say yeah it's like the fucking muscle underneath so i've been living like like a like a little weakling you know i can't do anything <laughs> i was like i'm not allowed to lift anything like over 10 pounds dude like 10 pounds is it yeah like a paperweight like my day <laughs> yeah and it's kind of frustrating dude because like i want to like do stuff but uh, yeah it's it's whatever i know it's i'm getting healthier getting back on track that's good man i know i have my own little setback i really can't get into what happened but i have i did get a concussion um so i've been out of work for like the past like week now and i'm like losing my fucking mind like one people like i always say when i say take care of yourself i mean take care of yourself um like i've really realized over the past like week and a half like how much how much i've been like letting myself mentally deteriorate over the past couple like six months or so like kind of just putting others above like before me and not letting myself open up or you know go to therapy or whatever right like i've been like yeah just letting myself take care of others first and worry about them first and not worry about you know like why i mean why i'm still alive in the first place so for me like this concussion really like made me think about a lot and like a lot of like why i do what i do why i'm doing it um who i'm with and around and like all this stuff right like all this stuff that like people do some people do all the time some people don't like i've honestly been more like aware of my mortality like all this stuff like life in general yeah. in like the past six months obviously I, right like especially you agree you've, with you've that. going through a lot i have had a lot of contemplating dude in the last like week and a half and, and well, it's continue. it's hard because it's like you know like i know like for me i'm not always i'm the best i would say i'm, I'm a great listener and i'm great at giving advice in certain aspects of life but i'm not always great at taking my own advice i'm not always great at doing what i say right they always say do as i say not as i do and i feel like i've been living that quote right like i've been helping other people out 
But not necessarily help myself out in like ways where it's like I've just let things slide or I haven't said anything. And I know like for me personally, I, I've really felt like I've been a really below average friend, um, boyfriend, like just human being and not intentionally just because it's just like I there's just things that I'm not noticing. Like I've noticed a lot more of me having like panic attacks, like manic episodes, um, like just losing my shit over nothing and like 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 so angry for absolutely no reason and i'm like lashing out anybody necessarily like intentionally but i'm like more like lashing out on myself and like how disappointed i am with like how i've been how i've let things get this far and not do anything about it and um i just feel like really i felt really below average like outside of work which i feel like i'm doing a good job in outside of this which i feel like we're doing a great job in I feel like I've been pretty lackluster, you know, like, and, and, um, it's a kind of a, a shitty self-realization, right? It's hard to come to terms with that. Like you have to admit and accept the fact that you've like, in my mind, I've been a failure in some aspects of life recently. Um, and it's not to say like I've treated anybody bad, right? Like directly or indirectly, like I've purposely like hurt people, but maybe I have done that on accident, right? Like, there have been some things that have happened that have been great and amazing, like this podcast, like the episodes we have with our friends and Ian and my dad, like those, you know, great, but there have been other things that have happened that I've just let fill up the room, and like, there's an elephant in the room now that I've just been looking at and haven't addressed, and I want to be an example for someone, for people that are like me or not like me, right, like, if the option is there you have the means you have everything use your resources and i feel like i've been lacking in that you know like i haven't been using my resources and i've waited and waited and let this happen and when that happens you so i realize I mean, shit too late you know what i'm saying yeah well I, I i mean i think it's good that you're that you're coming to terms with this house like I, it's good that you're acknowledging it you know because once you acknowledge it then you can do something about it um, I know, I know, I know. For me, like I, a, a lot of people hate going like to the hospital and everything, you know, like because they think bad things happen to hospitals, which sometimes they do, you know, or most of the time they do for for unlucky people. But um, I was, my thing is like when when this happened, everything recently, I was never like I I I went into this like not worried at all, you know, like like it's like oh it's okay, like it'll be a bad stomach <laughs> bug. Until, like in it never once that I've realized that I was like oh I could die if like the treatment doesn't work because that happens with like this types of infections like sepsis like sometimes a lot of uh, the all the bacteria are resistant to um, to antibiotics and people don't get better like that that was a really real thing and pe- and the doctors were explaining to me like everything you know so that I understood like how, now that was a big thing for me was having all of this information put in front of you and then you have to make your your decisions right like your mom's not there you're not your dad's that like this, this was my very first like hospitalization was, like as an adult where all the responsibility shifts on you and you have to like you have to make these choices you know because they do give you choices when they're treating you like what do you want to happen like hell like there i even had the they were even giving me the choice to not take my appendix out which is something i didn't know was possible but apparently is like a new thing you know where they can like minimize it and like cause the swelling to stop with like 
stronger antibiotics. But I, I already knew that if it was my antibiotic, I mean, sorry, my appendix, I was going to have that shit removed anyways. Because I didn't want to ever have to deal with that. But I, it never really felt like, oh my god, I'm going to die. Or holy shit, like, this is serious, you know. I never had that moment. If anything, like, I never, like, cried or, like, I felt, like, hopeless, you know. Like, why did this happen to me? I was just like, I came to get better. I came to get better. And every day I looked at everybody with a smile on my face, you know. But there was one night, I think it was the night before surgery, where they, like, told me, like, what was going to happen the next day and everything. And, like, uh, my sister, the um, Ale, she called me, and she sounded, like, really upset. Like, she was, I, her and my mom <laughs> were, like, the ones that were extremely, like, worried, you know, like, for my sake yeah more so than i was you know because i was like oh no the doctors are gonna do their thing like i have my faith in like the you know everybody here that's like yeah and, I, and i've been there i've been there my mom was the same way i remember like hysterical and yeah like i'm laying and, there on the on the opera like I'm, operating, like I'm in there on my bed they, they're metting me up like they have the curtain open now my mom's like bawling her eyes out and i'm just like yeah, this is not so, helping me going into surgery so, so the thing is like i'm talking to my sister i'm trying to calm her down more and more than i am myself because, like, I'm, I'm not, like, accepting everything that's happening, you know? Like, I can't afford to, like, start freaking out because then that's not good for anyone. And, like, I calm her down, but then, like, she tells me that, like, my my niece wants to talk to me. And oh. So she puts, like, my niece, you know, Pat- Patricia on the phone. And the moment I hear her voice, dude, it's that voice of uncertainty in a child. Where, like, they really need you to be the fucking adult. And, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, address their worry, you know, and, and like, make it so that they know that, it's real. Isn't, that it's not the last time you're talking to them. Because, like, the, the, like, her voice breaking, man, and... I had never felt that before in my life. Like, it's one thing to tell it to you guys, to all the adults, my family, like my sister, siblings. We're all adults. We all know how to like um, process like all this information. But for a child, like it's the fact that I like I know I would be missed if I died. You know that was that's like I'm not like dumb to that. You know, and but I was like it's just a part of life. You know, like you're gonna get over it. You guys are all adults. But for a child's perspective, like, I never felt that, I guess, like, like, love or, or cherishment, you know, that, like, this kid is over here literally, like, asking me that I'm gonna be okay because she can't, like, imagine, like, a world without me in a way, you know? Like, that's how much, yeah. like, I, like, I mean to her. And that, dude, oh my gosh, like, I was, like, I couldn't, I didn't know how to respond to her, so I just, like, kept it short and sweet. You know, and then, like, I, as soon as, like, I hung up that phone call, like, I remember that is, like, the one and only night that I got fucking, like, I was crying, because I was, like, if I die, I'm gonna, like, these kids won't freaking forgive me, because, because they saw me health, perfectly healthy one day, and then yeah, I was the gone, next, yeah. like, I was literally, like, me and Patricia, like, I had just, like, told you that, like, I started, like, doing the, like, the hobby of, like, working on quads and stuff, like, I bought a quad, and I was, like, taking it apart fixing putting it back together and she has been there with me like up until that point you know like like helping me do all the, like the work 
and we literally went from working on a on a quad like one day and like joking around and playing and then the next i was gone like there was no like goodbye no nothing you know it's just they got a phone call <coughs> from my mom and <coughs> like being hysterical you know that i was in the freaking hospital and that i was like like dying basically because that's what it was like if sepsis is left untreated like your body can't handle that it's already like game over you know like yeah if i hadn't called if my my mom hadn't called i'm sorry like the ambulance that night and i had like waited they had waited till morning i would have been dead because i was just gonna fucking like the fever was gonna take me that night like there was literally like a a, a matter of like of time at, at that point like my body as soon as it started convulsing you know all that like the pain like the like i couldn't move my like everything like the muzzle spasms like it was just losing control of itself that was just like the last little like like but you know that's how your body tells you that <laughs> you're not getting better you know if uh that i don't know it's just it's it's a realization that you have to like come to terms with like my sister like dre she's pretty pissed at me because like i lasted as long as i did before calling the the hospital but and like i said to be fair like i didn't feel like it was that big of an emergency because i didn't feel bad up until like the last couple hours before you know the call was made so i i don't know if it's because my mom and her say it's because i'm like hard-headed and stubborn and you know and that i like my pain like my pain tolerance is pretty high but i'd for as close as i came to like possibly dying or going into like shock you know and like you know whatever coma whatever comatose you want to call it i didn't feel like that was going to happen so to me it was a big surprise when they actually found out what it was and i didn't start taking it more seriously until they were like we're taking it to phoenix and i was like okay and then i was like i'm not gonna complain i'm not gonna do anything y'all do what you gotta do just get me home yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to something like that, that's kind of how you have to have it. Like, I know when, um, like, mine was going through, like, I started having pain, right? Like, they didn't know what it was, and I was doing all these fucking tests and blood tests and all this stuff. And I just remember, like, them, and they always do this. I know that it's, like, their job, but it's, like, I always feel like it really makes you worry when it's, like, Oh yeah, they kind of say it knows so like nonchalant. Like, oh yeah, it might be cancer. It might be, like they list off, no dude, all of me, what it could be. I want to say with me, every doctor was like, literally like sitting at my bedside, looking me in the eye, like dead serious, man. The only one that wasn't serious was me, and I. I, I, I don't I think, think it that they them didn't out. take it serious. I think it was just like the fact that this is what they do for a living. Like they you know they have to give these diagnoses out every single day. Yeah, and knowing that there is a history of cancer in my family and all these diseases and stuff like it's a it's a possibility like it's always gonna be a possibility and i think for them it's just like i feel like if they say it too seriously it might freak you out keep in mind i was night we were i was 19 this is this is this is or you know i feel like it was the opposite with me but continue you know like this is like i was you know this is three and a half years ago just about now which is crazy um where you know uh, I was just like in a really, you know, like really weird spot, and like I was almost twenty years old, but like I hadn't reached twenty yet, and I'm already having issues. Like, where, you know, I'd never had health issues before that, really, like never nothing. And 
you know, you throw out the word cancer, and like, all, all I'm thinking is, yeah, like, I've, I've, I've seen this movie before. Like, I've, like, you know, for yeah. two weeks there, when they were testing everything, I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I had a cancer and scare. And breakdowns like, every years, day. Like a year, like two years ago, I had a cancer scare. And that's terrifying. Because you don't know. And I didn't know. And then when they finally figured out what it was, they still didn't know if it was benign. Like, oh, it looks like it's benign, but we have to, we have to like, see it. Mm-hmm. We have to do uh, you, all these scans. I was going to Phoenix like twice a month to get testing done, and they're trying to figure out everything. Uh, thank God we had mo- the you know the Mayo Clinic. They were great. I mean, they're some of the best doctors in the country, and they were fantastic. They were great to me. Um, but like any any kind of scare where you hear the word death, cancer, anything where it's serious, you're either going to react like you did, and you're going to kind of just take it as you go and stay positive, or you're just going to hit you like a fucking brick wall, and then you're going to have to like pick yourself up yeah so i want to say they were expecting it to hit me like you said like a brick wall because i remember the the one of the doctors had even like offered me like the the hospital's um like counseling uh services you know because they were worried about me becoming depressed while like fighting off the infection like with all of the antibiotics and everything and like being stuck at bed because i was literally on bed rest i couldn't move as soon as the iv was in which is practically all the de- all the time time um like if i moved the f- like people know this that i go in a hospital a lot that that iv machine that pumps the iv into you the moment like you move that there's an alarm that goes off because it's like any sudden movement and it becomes occluded and you have to restart the machine so like you're not allowed to move once you have the IV going really. So I had to like, I had to just stay still in bed and not move my my left arm for like four or five days, and even sleeping. I know that was frustrating for me is that I have to sleep like, like you know like, um, belly up. Oh yeah. Like like that was oh, I was really uncomfortable and my back would hurt because the beds were always too short, so my legs were always bent. And my posture was terrible. And even if I angled it or lifted my legs, like, it was never comfortable. So I remember, like, my, like, hips and the lower back were just, like, always hurting throughout this whole time. Like, it's, you're not comfortable. Like, take in mind, I'm, like, like, over, like, I'm, like, like, 6'5", you know, 6'5", or 6'6", whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. And, yeah, like, they even brought me a bigger bed at one point, and it still wasn't big enough. Like, long enough. And yeah dude like it's it's a mental thing when you're like okay you can't move because if you move you're gonna fuck up your treatment um that that was really surreal and i feel like a lot of the doctors were expecting me to give them like a lot more complaints or you know and yeah like i had like even the doctor from yuma came and apologized which is crazy i've never seen a doctor apologize to a patient like he like literally came before like as they were like the ambulance got there and he just told me that like he 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 just like said that it was like the best decision for for me was for another another other doctors to see me and i was just like whoa like that's i've never uh that was like really big i was like i've never seen a doctor admit that like he doesn't know you know yeah Oh, fuck man that's crazy i mean, can't even imagine like like how how just discon- how disconcerting is that you know that like even this person that's like they go to school for as long as they do you know and like we we look to doctors as like they're they're they know how to fix everything and like here this doctor's like telling you like hey like 
I I can't give you what you need. Like it's you know or yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people would freak the fuck out at that point because they're not like what the fuck like you know if you but um no I was I was like okay I like I was like thank you for everything you've done and I hope I get better too. <laughs> yeah man I mean it's and and um before we go on to like the next part of the story we have polls up ladies and gentlemen and and questions and answers on spotify so if you're listening through spotify which most of our viewership does please use it until we can get the youtube up and going that's really the only way we can actually get real feedback from you guys unless we see you in person or um, social media we have our social yeah, medias which no one has used yet this is fine i mean we have it there to update you guys if anything need but usually we, we kind of keep you updated through here um but please use those it's a way for us to kind of get feedback from anyone that watches and it helps us kind of keep this up and running and 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 better and making it easier for us as creators but obviously yes that all happened and keep in mind y'all when we didn't i didn't hear from him from the day we recorded so when we recorded the last episode that you were on I didn't find out you were in the hospital until you texted us that weekend that you were in Phoenix. And it was just Saturday. There. Yeah, so it, it literally Saturday. was like, I didn't hear from you for six days, which was weird. So something was up, but no one knew anything at all. So And I, I didn't have my phone on me because it was like, an emer- you know, I was yeah. in, in pajamas when I got thrown into the freaking ambulance. And I'm like, and yeah, I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to take my phone with me because, number one, like things go missing in a hospital. Like they even tell you that that they're not respond liable for lost items. And as bad as I was, like I, I knew right away. I was like, if I go down, like, like not go down, but like if I pass out or go, you know, go comatose or whatever. Like yeah, I'm not gonna be there to like look after my phone or whatever. So I didn't even bother taking it. I just told my mom like, hold on to it whatever like just give me my medical card so i can like my insurance card so that they don't just leave me late like waiting in the er like they do for some people but luckily like the ambulance pulled up and i was put in the room straight away and within i want to say 40 minutes i had people like checking me but i think it was because of the fever if i hadn't had a fever and i wasn't like um i didn't have like the was it the, the cardiac uh thing like where your rhythm's off Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why they were, like, I was considered more, like, like, uh, emergency, you know, like, more yeah. urgent. So, that's why, but, yeah. Yeah, I remember getting that text and, like, everything, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, of course, I'm, like, everyone obviously is worried, but, I mean, for me, it's, like, I only know that, like, half my life is you're in it. So, it's, like, I can't remember a time in my life where you weren't in my life, where I you weren't. It- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's a long time. So, obviously, for me, I'm over here like, okay, I'm going to make it be fine. But it's like, there's going to be a day, man, where, like, one of us is no longer here. Like, that's a that's reality. Like, it's it's what's going to happen. Like, obviously, it doesn't, hopefully, it's not anytime soon. But it's crazy. I remember reading something, and it was like, um, your parents are only in you're only in your parents life for a certain amount of time but you're you know them your entire life mm-hmm. and that kind of stuck with me because it's it's interesting i was like i kind of equated to my grandpa to my tata. it was like i was only the last tw- 22 years of his life you know like 22 and a half years of his life like he's been my entire life like you know like your parents your entire life but they only need some of theirs so it's like that 
it's like a realization that like time is not exactly what we perceive it to be. Like it's not that much time. Like know. I've known you almost as long as I've as long as I've known him. I've known you, you know, half as I've known you half as long. And I'll end up knowing you longer than I know him than he was here. And that's crazy. So it's like I know they always say, you know, remember, like, you know, like, enjoy life, like, you know, be thankful for everything you have, the people around you. It's like, really, sometimes, like, just take a second to think about someone important to you and what would be like if they were just weren't just weren't there anymore. Like, what? Like, what if I would got a phone call the next morning instead of you being in hospital? It's oh, he's gone. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, how that would be. Like, it wouldn't only affect this show, it would affect my entire life. Yeah, there was, like, a huge, like, this quote that really, like, hit home that I couldn't get out of my head, you know, the whole time. And it, it goes, like, I'm paraphrasing here, it's not a direct quote, but it's, like, we're, we are already born dying, so why not live the most of it, you know, or, you know, or live as much as we can, well, you know, before death like comes to us or whatever and that's true i mean like once you're alive you you, you know you, you can die at any moment like it's it's that's the only thing that's certain is death you know so once i was like in my head i was like dude like the moment i get out of here and the moment i get healthy because i you know obviously there's a process after where the whole recovery is is longer than the treatment phase and um i was like i'm just gonna I don't even care if I don't have time for myself. Like, I'm going to do everything that I want to do when I want to do it. You know? Like, uh, that's definitely the mindset I have now. I, Because I felt like I... Like you said, like, I had been, like, just losing a lot of time for, for like, random bullshit. And I sometimes... I, I don't feel as content or, like, happy or satisfied with the life I've lived up, up until now. So this really got me like into that mindset that like i was already working on myself this year but i was like there's always room for improvement to do more and to be better not just like for yourself but like for other people too and that's i was like i we we get so used to thinking that we have like our whole lives ahead of us we don't realize like (laughs) it could it could end at any moment and yeah, it's to me that was a big thing because I was like, shit. Once I started getting better after the surgery, like with the next, I knew I already knew like, okay, like every day I'm in here longer is like another day that's gonna take away from me on the outside world, you know, like in the real world. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, okay, I have I have another doctor's appointment because remember I have like the I had like the bad. T- this is like the second half of the story, like getting back into like uh, the rhythm of things was. Like, you know, I've been struggling with, like, an ingrown nail on, on my on my foot. That's been, like, it's this whole year that I've been struggling with it. And my my appointment for it was literally the Wednesday after I got discharged. Like, I got discharged Tuesday, but it was, like, that Wednesday. So they called me Tuesday. And this was before I knew I was getting discharged. And they were like, yeah, like, are you going to be able to meet your appointment? And I, I'm like, um, I just asked, like if by any chance I can't, like, like, I can just reschedule, right? And then the, the lady from the podiatrist's office or the clinic is like, uh, well, currently, since this would have been your first visit, she's like, 
we aren't seeing new patients until mid-January. Holy shit. And uh, and take in mind, like, I've been struggling with this problem on my foot, like, with this painful, like, nail for, like, eight, eight months already. I called in July to make this appointment for October. So I was like, how am I going to get healthy again and then wait in January and then have them, like, cut my foot open again and then have to, like, be in bed, you know, in bed rest for, like, another... Yeah. For another like two weeks because that's how long it is like so i literally i like told the doctors at the hospital like hey like if i miss this appointment it's gonna be three months before i can get another one so i need to get discharged today and they're like okay well we just have to finalize some of the blood cultures that we took to make sure everything's okay to get you going and sure enough yeah like at 10 p.m i was discharged on tuesday night and then my parents were there with me they we drove back to yuma and then the next morning, I went to the freaking, like, was it podologist or podiatrist? I, I don't know, the foot doctor specialist. And sure enough, like, another, like, fresh out of surgery and everything, I had to explain to her everything that had happened, the meds I was on. That was a whole nother thing. Is like, she's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, um, if I didn't show up, I wouldn't see you till January. So I was like, I need to be here, you know? Like, I couldn't lose this appointment. And she was just like, you're like insane you know like she just couldn't believe it that i was like you're just like a day or two after surgery you're already here like ready for someone to cut you open again and i was like i'm trying to get all my problems fixed you know as soon as possible so sure enough she does that and it's painful because another thing about my body is the the local anesthetic like i burn through it like i process it like like that like when i had my leg surgeries earlier of like fixing my like varicose veins and whatnot my circ uh, circulation in my legs i had i remember like halfway through surgery of each leg i had i would start feeling everything that they were doing to me and i just you have to power through it you know because you're already mid mid procedure and the same thing with this nail like she numbed it up good she gave me as much as she could like she couldn't go any more cc's of like lidocaine and stuff like you know like further because she wasn't allowed to so how did that take out your nail they literally like they numbed it right and then they put like or they wrap uh like one of those like blood drawing bands around it to cut the circulation off so it doesn't bleed and they straight up they have like this long spatula that's like thin and they just dude they just jam it in there and they separate it and then they cut it with like a little wedge and then they go into like the cuticle so like imagine it like like all deep oh fuck yeah and 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 i didn't feel when she was prying it out but by the time she started like cutting and like you know uh, I could feel everything. How deep like, was I, it? Uh, I want to say it was like an like a, a inch and a quarter. So, Holy fuck! So like like that, you know? Holy fuck! And, it, and she just pulled it straight out. Yeah, like she had to cut it off, dude. Right? She cuts it off and she pulls it out. But then she they have this um this little tool that looks like a tiny spoon, but it's actually sharp on the edge. And what they do is once it's like raw, like they have to scrape the cells of tissue of nail tissue off on all the sides of where they ripped it out of right and then they have to cut off the overburdening um like like tissue like on the side of your toe that was covering the ingrown and then um she put acid in it like she got these phenol um acid like q-tips and she did three rounds so so like three different q-tips full into it and basically like chemically carterized like that whole part of the nail so that the nail doesn't grow back on that side wow 
and then they put she like put a bunch of like antibiotic ointment and then bandaged it up. Um, How long yeah. did that take you? I want to say like forty five minutes to an hour, just because I have a big foot. And um, and she was like trying to take her time, trying not to cause any pain, even though it was painful for me, because I had told her that like I go through the anesthetic like super quickly. So I already know, like, I already got used to, like, every time I go to the foot doctor, it's, it's just a painful visit. I just accept that, and it doesn't hurt any more than it needs to, in my opinion, you know? But sure enough, like, I had my abdomen pain because of surgery. You know, it's, like, it's basically, like, three stabs, right? You know what it is? Yeah, they fucking what, shank your ass. Yeah, they shank you three times with the laparoscopy or whatever the fuck it's called. And, and then, like, yeah, I had my foot now, like, my toe's, like, swollen and shit, and... Like I, I had like waddle over, you know, for three days, like at home, and right now it's pretty good. It's healing, but yeah, like I went out of the hospital to put myself in some more pain, and then I had to go over the whole thing of like I asked for a doctor's note so I could message my two professors because I had two classes that ended, but two that were beginning because I because I do like the condensed classes, like the eight week courses, and. Yeah, like, I had a, I had to email both professors and explain to them, show them the proof of, like, all my documentation from the hospital that I was like, hey, you know, sorry I didn't show up to class for, like, the first week and a half or two weeks, but I was, like, I just started, like, I was dying and I had to get hospitalized and whatnot, and I was like, I just need to request for an extension on all missed and on all missed, like, assignments up, up to date. And yeah, like it took the weekend, but like this Monday, yesterday, they were like, I got, they got back to me, both of them. They're like, thank you for providing your documentation. There's no problem. You know, turn in the missing assignments when you can. And um, if not, you can always withdraw. But I was like, I can't afford to withdraw right now. So I was like, I have to literally like fucking, you know, tighten my fucking, my belt and bootstraps and, you know, do all this work that I'm missing. And that was an, that was another stress of mine. I was more stressed about having to come back to like and do the, like the you know the double the work essentially for like the next couple of weeks like for my classes because because uh, everything was going well and yeah I was I was more worried about school than getting healthy which is funny you know talk about college college Fuck students man. in America you're not but, lying bro you're not lying all right man <laughs> I think this is a, a a good time to cut it off for now. Obviously, we're happy to have the homie back on the podcast. As you know, we are one. We are Venom. Without him, this ain't this whole fucking shit. Without me, this whole fucking shit sings. That's exactly how it is for him. He's the Conor McGregor of this shit. Without him, this whole fucking shit sings. So, um, uh, I'm so happy you're healthy, bro. I know we're we're in this journey together with a lot of things going on in life. Um, I've been sipping up with health, bro. Honestly, like mental health has turned deteriorated and it's my physical health is also deteriorating. So, you know, I have an appointment tomorow and I'm going to get reamed at the doctor's office because of what's going on. But you know what? No, but back it, on the it's horse. good that you're looking for help, bro. Like life, life restarts, bro. It, it, it doesn't just end because of, um, a bad few months or a bad year. You know, we got to keep going and I got to I mean, want to wake up and do this every day. Like you do. Like everyone does. It's funny. Cause I thought like we talked about 2020 being a bad year, but like 2021 has been a, I want to say a roller coaster because I've had a lot of good things happen this year, but I've also had like, I've been through a lot of pain. I think I have a lot more pain, even though I almost Me too. died at, at the end of 2020 and it carried into 21. I feel like it never really stopped. You know, like the problems, 
But I'm hoping that 2022 is finally, like, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we're coming around, dude. It's going to be November, like, next week. We got uh, Thanksgiving, we're, then it's Christmas, week, and then it's we're New a week Year. We're from, from fucking November, dude. It's That is wild to me. Like, Yeah, we're, we're coming to the end here of the spooky season, bro. And I'm kind of sad. I really enjoy October. I feel like it flew by. We, we had a lot of it. plans, dude, for, for October. And, and it's just none of them happened. Just, a lot of them fell through, but you know what? We're going to make yeah, the best of it. Yeah, it is what it is, my boy. Guys, to see well, it through, my boy. Um, Thank you. I will say this. this. Sorry. I know we're going to end, but I will say this, man. Just my antibiotics today's my last day so i'll be able to like get tipsy with y'all this weekend so that i have we have that to look forward to yeah i don't know what we're doing man i know we had a whole we'll, plan and it all fell through so we'll see we'll do, um, we'll do something we'll figure it out but i mean i have we have costumes so might as well work. i have i have my costume um i love my so costume it's great yeah um it's been, you know, your uh, your mom's favorite podcast. She went to go see Julio in the hospital when he was in Phoenix. She that's how much she loved him and missed him. You know, he out here getting all the all the milfs. So be careful. Keep your mom's uh, keep your mom's at the house because July's back on the streets again. He's Roman, even if he's limping with a pimp limp, he's still there. So yeah, no, I won't be limping for long. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about Julio's limp. Um, <laughs> oh, it's been a what? great. <laughs> You take that it's back. Been, that's no. cap. That's hella cap. <laughs> Fuck you. Who got? Who's always at? He's always at. Uh, he's always at a uh, half mast. Always. Um, it has been another great episode. Again, as always, you guys have been killing it with the support, with the views, everything. Thank you guys. Thank the you so much. The one thing we need from y'all is some feedback. All right, use that Q and A option. Okay, use the polls we're gonna put up. We'll figure out what we're gonna say, and we have. Um, our Snapchats. I put up a, a story that's you know I'll upload this tomorrow. But if you've already seen it by now, please respond to that as well. I'll put up one each week. We're gonna upload. I'll put up one to see what y'all have to say. We'll um, put up our costumes. Yeah, we will. We'll put up a post up. So we have we, something to like post on our Instagram for finally. On our Instagram. Like, oh, no, we didn't post it since your birthday. You didn't post my birthday, you asshole. I'm anyway, sorry. I've been busy. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you weren't hospitalized yet, bitch. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, we love y'all. I'm happy we're back. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye-bye.